Section 14 of Tales of Old Japan. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Tales of Old Japan by Lord Reedsdale. Section 14 The Eta Maiden and the Hatamoto. Part 2. One day, Genzaburo, intent on ridding himself of the grief he felt at his separation from Okoyo, went to the Yoshiwara, and, going into a house of entertainment, ordered a feast to be prepared. But, in the midst of gaiety, his heart yearned all the while for his lost love, and his merriment was but mourning in disguise. At last the night wore on, and as he was retiring along the corridor, he saw a man of about forty years of age, with long hair coming towards him, who, when he saw Genzaburo, cried out, Dear me, why this must be my young lord Genzaburo, who has come out to enjoy himself. Genzaburo thought this rather strange, but, looking at the man attentively, recognized him as a retainer whom he had had in his employ the year before, and said, This is a curious meeting. Pray, what have you been about since you left my service? At any rate, I may congratulate you on being well and strong. Where are you living now? Well, sir, since I parted from you, I have been earning a living as a fortune-teller at Kanda, and have changed my name to Kaji Sazen. I am living in a poor and humble house, but if your lordship at your leisure would honour me with a visit. Well, it's a lucky chance that has brought us together, and I certainly will go and see you. Besides, I want you to do something for me. Shall you be at home the day after tomorrow? Certainly, sir, I shall make a point of being at home. Very well, then, the day after tomorrow I will go to your house. I shall be at your service, sir, and now, as it is getting late, I will take my leave for tonight. Good night, then, we shall meet the day after tomorrow. And so the two parted, and went their several ways to rest. On the appointed day, Genzaburo made his preparations and went in disguise, without any retainers, to call upon Sazen, who met him at the porch of his house, and said, This is a great honor. My lord Genzaburo is indeed welcome. My house is very mean, but let me invite your lordship to come into an inner chamber. Pray, replied Genzaburo, don't make any ceremony for me. Don't put yourself to any trouble on my account. And so he passed in, and Sazen called to his wife to prepare wine and condiments, and they began to feast. At last Genzaburo, looking Sazen in the face, said, There is a service which I want you to render me, a very secret service, but as if you were to refuse me, I should be put to shame. Before I tell you what that service is, I must know whether you are willing to assist me in anything I may require of you. Yes, if it is anything within my power, I am at your disposal. Well then, said Genzaburo, greatly pleased, and drawing ten rios from his bosom. This is but a small present to make to you on my first visit, but pray accept it. No, indeed, I don't know what your lordship wishes of me, but at any rate I cannot receive this money. I really must beg your lordship to take it back again. But Genzaburo pressed it upon him by force, and at last he was obliged to accept the money. Then Genzaburo told him the story of his loves with Okoyo, how he had first met her and fallen in love with her at the Azuma Bridge, how Chokichi had introduced her to him at the tea-house at Oji, 
and then when she fell ill and he wanted to see her again, instead of bringing her to him, had only given him good advice, and so Genzaburo drew a lamentable picture of his state of despair. Sazen listened patiently to his story, and, after reflecting for a while, replied, Well, sir, it's not a difficult matter to set right, and yet it will require some little management. However, if your lordship will do me the honour of coming to see me again the day after to-morrow, I will cast about me in the meanwhile, and will let you know the result of my deliberations. When Genzaburo heard this, he felt greatly relieved, and, recommending Sazen to do his best in the matter, took his leave and returned home. That very night Sazen, after thinking over all that Genzaburo had told him, laid his plans accordingly, and went off to the house of Kihachi, the Eta chief, and told him the commission with which he had been entrusted. Kihachi was, of course, greatly astonished, and said, Some time ago, sir, Chokichi came here, and said that my lord Genzaburo, having been rebuked by his family for his profligate behaviour, had determined to break off his connection with my daughter. Of course I knew that the daughter of an Eta was no fitting match for a nobleman, so when Chokichi came and told me the errand upon which he had been sent, I had no alternative but to announce to my daughter that she must give up all thought of his lordship. Since that time she has been fretting and pining and starving for love, but when I tell her what you have just said, how glad and happy she will be, let me go and talk to her at once. And with these words he went to Okoyo's room, and when he looked upon her thin, wasted face and saw how sad she was, he felt more and more pity for her, and said, Well, Okoyo, are you in better spirits to-day? Would you like something to eat? Thank you, I have no appetite. Well, at any rate, I have some news for you that will make you happy. A messenger has come from my lord Genzaburo, for whom your heart yearns. At this Okoyo, who had been crouching down like a drooping flower, gave a great start and cried out, Is that really true? Pray tell me all about it as quickly as possible. The story which Shokichi came and told us, that his lordship wished to break off the connection, was all an invention. He has all along been wishing to meet you, and constantly urged Chokichi to bring you a message from him. It is Chokichi who has been throwing obstacles in the way. At last his lordship has secretly sent a man, called Kaji Sazen, a fortune-teller, to arrange an interview between you. So now, my child, you may cheer up, and go to meet your lover as soon as you please. When Okoyo heard this, she was so happy that she thought it must all be a dream, and doubted her own senses. Kihachi in the meanwhile rejoined Sazen in the other room, and, after telling him of the joy with which his daughter had heard the news, put before him wine and other delicacies. I think, said Sazen, that the best way would be for Okoyo to live secretly in my lord Genzaburo's house, but as it will never do for all the world to know of it, it must be managed very quietly. And further, when I get home, I must think out some plan to lull the suspicions of that fellow Chokichi, and let you know my idea by letter. Meanwhile, Okoyo had better come home with me to-night. Although she is so terribly out of spirits now, she shall meet Genzaburo the day after to-morrow. Kihachi reported this to Okoyo, and as her pining for Genzaburo was the only cause of her sickness, she recovered her spirits at once, and, saying that she would go with Sazen immediately, joyfully made her preparations. Then Sazen, Having once more warned Kiachi to keep the matter secret from Chokichi, and to act upon the letter which he should send him, 
returned home taking with him okoyo and after okoyo had bathed and dressed her hair and painted herself and put on beautiful clothes she came out looking so lovely that no princess in the land could vie with her and sazen when he saw her said to himself that it was no wonder that genzaburo had fallen in love with her then as it was getting late he advised her to go to rest and after showing her to her apartments went to his own room and wrote his letter to kihachi containing the scheme which he had devised when kihachi received his instructions he was filled with admiration at sazen's ingenuity and putting on an appearance of great alarm and agitation went off immediately to call on chokichi and said to him oh master chokichi such a terrible thing has happened pray let me tell you all about it indeed what can it be oh sir answered kihachi pretending to wipe away his tears my daughter okoyo mourning over her separation from my lord genzaburo at first refused all sustenance and remained nursing her sorrows until last night her woman's heart failing to bear up against her great grief she drowned herself in the river leaving behind her a paper on which she had written her intention when chokichi heard this he was thunderstruck and exclaimed can this really be true and when i think that it was i who first introduced her to my lord i am ashamed to look you in the face oh say not so misfortunes are the punishment due for our misdeeds in a former state of existence i bear you no ill-will this money which i hold in my hand was my daughter's and in her last instructions she wrote to beg that it might be given after her death to you through whose intervention she became allied with a nobleman so please accept it as my daughter's legacy to you he offered him three rios you amaze me replied the other how could i above all men who have so much to reproach myself with my conduct towards you accept this money nay it was my dead daughter's wish but since you reproach yourself in the matter when you think of her i beg you to put up a prayer and to cause masses to be said for her at last chokichi after much persuasion and greatly to his own distress was obliged to accept the money and when kihachi had carried out all sazen's instructions he returned home laughing into his sleeve chokichi was sorely grieved to hear of okoyo's death and remained thinking over the sad news when all of a sudden looking about him he saw something like a letter lying on the spot where kihachi had been sitting so he picked it up and read it and as luck would have it it was the very letter which contained sazen's instructions to kihachi and in which the whole story which had just affected him so much was made up when he perceived the trick that had been played upon him he was very angry and exclaimed to think that i should have been so hoaxed by that hateful old dotard and such a fellow as sazen and genzaburo too out of gratitude for the favours which i had received from him in the old days i faithfully gave him good advice and all in vain well they've gulled me once but i'll be even with them yet and hinder their game before it is played out and so he worked himself into a fury and went off secretly to prowl about sazen's house to watch for okoyo determined to pay off genzaburo and sazen for their conduct to him in the meanwhile sazen who did not for a moment suspect what had happened when the day which had been fixed upon by him and genzaburo arrived made okoyo put on her best clothes smartened up his house and got ready a feast against genzaburo's arrival the latter came punctually to his time and going in at once said to the fortune-teller 
Well, have you succeeded in the commission with which I entrusted you? At first, Sazen pretended to be vexed at the question, and said, Well, sir, I've done my best, but it's not a matter which can be settled in a hurry. However, there's a young lady of high birth and wonderful beauty upstairs, who has come here secretly to have her fortune told, and if your lordship would like to come with me and see her, you can do so. But Genzaburo, when he heard that he was not to meet Okoyo, lost heart entirely, and made up his mind to go home again. Sazen, however, pressed him so eagerly that at last he went upstairs to see this vaunted beauty, and Sazen, drawing aside a screen, showed him Okoyo who was sitting there. Genzaburo gave a great start, and, turning to Sazen, said, Well, you certainly are a first-rate hand at keeping up a hoax. However, I cannot sufficiently praise the way in which you have carried out my instructions. Pray don't mention it, sir, but as it is a long time since you have met the young lady, you must have a great deal to say to one another. So I will go downstairs, and, if you want anything, pray call me. And so he went downstairs and left them. Then Genzaburo, addressing Okoyo, said, Ah, it is indeed a long time since we met. How happy it makes me to see you again. Why, your face has grown quite thin. Poor thing, have you been unhappy? And Okoyo, with the tears starting from her eyes for joy, hid her face, and her heart was so full that she could not speak. But Genzaburo, passing his hand gently over her head and back, and comforting her, said, come sweetheart there is no need to sob so talk to me a little and let me hear your voice at last okoyo raised her head and said ah when i was separated from you by the tricks of chokichi and thought that i should never meet you again how tenderly i thought of you though i thought i should have died and waited for my hour to come pining all the while for you and at last as i lay between life and death sazen came with a message from you I thought it was all a dream, and as she spoke she bent her head and sobbed again, and in Genzaburo's eyes she seemed more beautiful than ever, with her pale delicate face, and he loved her better than before. Then she said, If I were to tell you all that I have suffered until today, I should never stop. Yes, replied Genzaburo, I too have suffered much, and so they told one another their mutual griefs and from that day forth they constantly met at Sazen's house. One day, as they were feasting and enjoying themselves in an upper story in Sazen's house, Chokichi came to the house and said, I beg pardon, but does one master Sazen live here? Certainly, sir, I am Sazen at your service. Pray, where are you from? Well, sir, I have a little business to transact with you. May I make so bold as to go in? And with these words he entered the house. "'But who and what are you?' said Sazen. "'Sir, I am an Eta, and my name is Chokichi. "'I beg to bespeak your good will for myself. "'I hope we may be friends.' "'Sazen was not a little taken aback at this. "'However, he put on an innocent face, "'as though he had never heard of Chokichi before, "'and said, "'I have never heard of such a thing. "'Why, I thought you were some respectable person, "'and you have the impudence to tell me "'that your name is Chokichi.' and that you're one of those accursed Etas. To think of such a shameless villain coming and asking to be friends with me, forsooth. Get you gone, the quicker the better. Your presence pollutes this house. Chokichi smiled contemptuously as he replied. So you deem the presence of an Etta in your house a pollution, eh? 
Why, I thought you must be one of us. Insolent knave! Be gone as fast as possible. Well, since you say that I defile your house, you had better get rid of Okoyo as well. I suppose she must equally be a pollution to it. This put Sazen rather in a dilemma. However, he made up his mind not to show any hesitation, and said, What are you talking about? There is no Okoyo here, and I never saw such a person in my life. Chokichi quietly drew out of the bosom of his dress the letter from Sazen to Kiachi, which he had picked up a few days before, and, showing it to Sazen, replied, If you wish to dispute the genuineness of this paper, I will report the whole matter to the governor of Yedo, and Genzaburo's family will be ruined, and the rest of you who are parties in this affair will come in for your share of trouble. Just wait a little. And as he pretended to leave the house, Sazen, at his wit's end, cried out, Stop, stop! I want to speak to you. Pray, stop and listen quietly. It is quite true, as you said, that Okoyo is in my house. And really your indignation is perfectly just. Come, let us talk over matters a little. Now you yourself were originally a respectable man, and although you have fallen in life, there is no reason why your disgrace should last forever. All that you want in order to enable you to escape out of this fraternity of Etas is a little money. Why should you not get this from Genzaburo, who is very anxious to keep his intrigue with Okoyo secret? Chokichi laughed disdainfully. I am ready to talk with you, but I don't want any money. All I want is to report the affair to the authorities, in order that I may be revenged for the fraud that was put upon me. Won't you accept twenty-five rios? Twenty-five rios? No, indeed. I will not take a fraction less than a hundred. And if I cannot get them, I will report the whole matter at once. Sazen, after a moment's consideration, hit upon a scheme and answered, smiling, Well, Master Chokichi, and I admire your spirit, you shall have the hundred rios you ask for. But, as I have not so much money by me at present, I will go to Genzaburo's house and fetch it. It is getting dark now, but it's not very late. So I'll trouble you to come with me, and then I can give you the money tonight. Chokichi consenting to this, the pair left the house together. Now Sazen, who as a ronin wore a long dirk in his girdle, kept looking out for a moment when Chokichi should be off his guard, in order to kill him. But Chokichi kept his eyes open, and did not give Sazen a chance. At last Chokichi, as ill luck would have it, stumbled against a stone and fell, and Sazen, profiting by the chance, drew his dirk and stabbed him in the side, and as Chokichi, taken by surprise, tried to get up, he cut him severely over the head, until at last he fell dead. Sazen then looking around him, and seeing, to his great delight, that there was no one near, returned home. The following day Chokichi's body was found by the police and when they examined it they found nothing upon it save a paper which they read, and which proved to be the very letter which Sazen had sent to Kiachi, and which Chokichi had picked up. The matter was immediately reported to the governor, and, Sazen having been summoned, an investigation was held. Sazen, cunning and bold murderer as he was, lost his self-possession when he saw what a fool he had been not to get back from Chokichi the letter which he had written, and, when he was put to a rigid examination under torture, confessed that he had hidden Okoyo at Genzaburo's instigation, and then killed Chokichi, who had found out the secret. 
Upon this the governor, after consulting about Ginzaburo's case, decided that, as he had disgraced his position as a Hatamoto by contracting an alliance with the daughter of an Eta, his property should be confiscated, his family blotted out, and himself banished. As for Kiachi, the Eta chief, and his daughter Okoyo, they were handed over for punishment to the chief of the Etas, and by him they too were banished, while Sazen, against whom the murder of Chokichi had been fully proved, was executed according to law. Note. At Asakusa, in Yedo, there lives a man called Danzayemon, the chief of the Etas. This man traces his pedigree back to Minamoto no Yoritomo, who founded the shogunate in the year A.D. 1192. The whole of the Etas in Japan are under his jurisdiction. His subordinates are called Koyagashira, or chiefs of the huts, and he and they constitute the government of the Etas. In the legacy of Ieyasu, already quoted, the 36th law provides as follows. All wandering mendicants, such as male sorcerers, female diviners, hermits, blind people, beggars, and tanners, or etas, have had from of old their respective rulers. Be not disinclined, however, to punish any such who give rise to disputes, or who overstep the boundaries of their own classes, and are disobedient to existing laws. The occupation of the etas is to kill and flay horses, oxen, and other beasts, to stretch drums and make shoes, and if they are very poor, they wander from house to house, working as cobblers, mending old shoes and leather, and so earn a scanty livelihood. Besides this, their daughters and young married women grain a trifle as wandering minstrels, called torioi, playing on the shamisen, a sort of banjo, and singing ballads. They never marry out of their own fraternity, but remain apart, a despised and shunned race. At executions by crucifixion, it is the duty of the etas to transfix the victims with spears, and, besides this, they have to perform all sorts of degrading offices about criminals, such as carrying sick prisoners from their cells to the hall of justice, and burying the bodies of those that have been executed. Thus their race is polluted and accursed, and they are hated accordingly. Now this is how the Etas came to be under the jurisdiction of Danzayemon. When Minamoto no Yoritomo was yet a child, his father, Minamoto no Yoshitomo, fought with Taira no Kiyomori and was killed by treachery, so his family was ruined and Yoshitomo's concubine, whose name was Tokiwa, took her children and fled from the house to save her own and their lives. But Kiyomori, desiring to destroy the family of Yoshitomo root and branch, ordered his retainers to divide themselves into bands and seek out the children. At last they were found, but Tokiwa was so exceedingly beautiful that Kiyomori was inflamed with love for her, and desired her to become his own concubine. Then Tokiwa told Kiyomori that if he would spare her little ones, she would share his couch, but that if he killed her children, she would destroy herself rather than yield to his desire. When he heard this, Kiyomori, bewildered by the beauty of Tokiwa, spared the lives of her children, but banished them from the capital. So Yoritomo was sent to Hiruga Kojima, in the province of Itsu, and when he grew up and became a man, he married the daughter of a peasant. After a while, Yoritomo left the province and went to the wars, leaving his wife pregnant, and in due time she was delivered of a male child, to the delight of her parents, who rejoiced that their daughter should bear seed to a nobleman. 
but she soon fell sick and died and the old people took charge of the babe and when they also died the care of the child fell to his mother's kinsman and he grew up to be a peasant now kiyomori the enemy of yoritomo had been gathered to his fathers and yoritomo had avenged the death of his father by slaying munemori the son of kiyomori and there was peace throughout the land and yoritomo became the chief of all the noble houses in japan and first established the government of the country when yoritomo had thus raised himself to power if the son that his peasant wife had borne to him had proclaimed himself the son of the mighty prince he would have been made lord over a province but he took no thought of this and remained a tiller of the earth forfeiting a glorious inheritance and his descendants after him lived as peasants in the same village increasing in prosperity and in good repute among their neighbors but the princely line of yoritomo came to an end in three generations and the house of hojo was all-powerful in the land now it happened that the head of the house of hojo heard that a descendant of yoritomo was living as a peasant in the land so he summoned him and said it is a hard thing to see the son of an illustrious house live and die a peasant i will promote you to the rank of samurai then the peasant answered my lord if i became a samurai and the retainer of some noble i shall not be so happy as when i was my own master if i may not remain a husbandman let me be a chief over men however humble they may be but my lord hojo was angry at this and thinking to punish the peasant for his insolence said since you wish to become a chief over men no matter how humble there is no means of gratifying your strange wish but by making you chief over the etas of the whole country so now see that you rule them well when he heard this the peasant was afraid but because he had said that he wished to become a chief over men however humble he could not choose but become chief of the etas he and his children after him forever and danzayemon who rules the etas at the present time and lives at asakusa is his lineal descendant End of section 14